Can I swear? Of course you can swear. Of course you can fucking swear. I'm just about to say welcome to a very special emergency episode Let's of go. Crying Wolf, a T-Wolves nostalgia podcast. I'm joined by my friend Kyle Parsons, a.k.a. Pizzo, the man who I've probably watched more Timberwolves basketball with outside of my father, certainly been to the most Timberwolves games with, including the 2018 win and end game yes. against the Denver Nuggets where Kyle heard me drop at least a dozen loud F-bombs in front of an eight-year-old. And then the father of said eight-year-old said, hey, man, I've got my son with me. And I said, sorry, it's a little intense in here. He got real close to my face, leaned in real good. I thought it was going to go down. And he said, hey, man, I get it. It's fucking winter go home, right? And then minutes later, we were winning in overtime. I was hugging you hysterically. And I think the joy of that night is similar to tonight. Kyle, the Timberwolves are NBA draft lottery champions. Number one, how are you feeling right now? Listen, does it feel good to be a champion? Yes, it does. Okay. I'm honored to be here among the Crying Wolves, one of your oldest fans. Okay. Huge, huge fan of the podcast. Long time, first time here. So just want to say, you just mentioned game 82. And if I could rattle off a quick five, I would say game seven went over Sacramento. Sure. The day we drafted KG. Of course. Game 82, um, drafting Cat or winning the lottery for Cat yeah. tonight. I, these are the, five, these are the and, five greatest moments in Wolves history. Awesome. And number six, making your debut on the Crying Wolf podcast. I do have to, um, for all the, all the crybabies listening to what is now the, the second official episode, Kyle helped me come up with the name Crying Wolf. So you had to be an early guest. Um, Thank you. We, that was a really fun day at work, uh, not really working on work, but just texting back, brainstorming ideas for a podcast that's essentially about Minnesota Timberwolves-induced depression. That's but right. It was really fun. Uh, I'm, you came up with a great name. Um, I'm happy we're rolling with it, and I'm happy you're here. Um, I love that you're calling your fans crybabies. Of course. <laughs> that's, that's so good. <laughs> I, I love uh, that you assume that they're fans. I think they're people who are just – currently listening out of obligation to friendship with me or that's great that's all right that's how these all start um i'm assuming you're able to watch the lottery live um right after the conclusion of the bucks magic game what was uh, your lottery viewing experience like so first off i want you to know that i watch the lottery every single year whether we are in it or not but <laughs> lucky lucky so, for me <laughs> we are in it every year and something i adopted in maybe 2008 or nine was taking a vow of silence during the lottery and uh tonight when we watched it i actually had our good friend josh waits on facetime because he does not have cable so he could not watch so he was watching while i was being silent he's watching on my phone and when that golden state icon came up i yelled let's fucking go <laughs> and i stormed i stormed through my house and my wife got very upset with me because our one year old was asleep but i was like listen right. wake her up she right. needs to know the best thing that's happened to me since she was born just happened <laughs> and what um the what is the full name of your beautiful one year old daughter kaya genevieve parsons and, aka uh, little kg aka <laughs> that's right, 
little the ticket. little ticket. That's so right. as as much as I I love your wife affectionately known as Piv, when yeah. when your uh, offspring is named Little Ticket, I feel like you cannot be upset at any yeah. reactions that come with the Timberwolves winning the NBA draft lottery. I think that just comes with the territory. I started the evening with her tonight. I said, Kaya, I need to tell you about some family history. <laughs> in 1989, the Wolfson family. And then I went on to explain to her that the Timberwolves have never moved up in the draft lottery and how big of a deal it would be if we moved up. And I called it right. I actually thought we were getting picked two, but I was like, the curse ends tonight. And it actually did. It was incredible. How about your viewing experience? Um, I had just gotten home. Um, it was about 7.27. And I, I, you know, it always you know, takes a while to get going. So I just gotten back, caught the last few minutes of the Bucks Magic game, turned it on. Um, it's a beautiful night in Minneapolis right now. It's been a beautiful few weeks. I haven't had the AC on in a while. So just, Funny. and I have, you know, a, I'm lucky to have the uh, corner unit in my apartment building. So I just had windows all the way open on both sides. And I had the exact same reaction you did. I clapped very loudly. I screamed, let's fucking go as loud as I could. Um, I got, it was pretty stressful because I kind of went into it, you know, um, and we'll get into this a little bit. You know, people are hating on the quality of this draft class. It's right. not, it's not a Zion year. It's not a Carl Anthony Towns year, but that's fine. Once it started, I was like, let's fucking win this thing exactly uh, and then when uh the knicks popped up at eighth and rachel nichols go whoa a double jump i immediately felt terrible for every knicks fan i know as funny as just you know right. nick's heartbreak is and it is genuinely hilarious i know too many good people who are knicks fans and love the knicks more than other new york sports so i feel bad for them um but at that just, moment you also knew we were getting jumped as well like you knew in your right. heart like i oh, was like that's... oh and with the seventh pick the minnesota timberwolves like enjoy the oh. dude from uh you know maccabi tel aviv who could be good right. oh Danny, he might not come this uh it's just fun i love it when like and then my twitter feed just you know uh like blew up the a wolf among wolves group chat blew up um, every basketball group chat I'm a part of was like, whoa. And that was really funny. Um, you know, our friends are going back and forth now. Uh, just people being engaged with what the Wolves might do is so much fun. I just love it. Um, you can't tell, I'm wearing my 1990s NBA I Love This Game t-shirt with bright colors. It's you reflective of my bright attitude right now. I do love this game. I've never been upset about the NBA <laughs> or Timberwolves basketball in my life. This feels great. Yeah, you know, it's so funny what you said though, because watching it, there is so much dread. And it reminds me that some sports fans watch things with hope, right? And we just hope not to get hurt. Like we're watching thinking, I was so sure when they were going to commercial after the fifth pick that we would be the fifth pick. It's just what I've been conditioned to That's believe. That's happened like 17 so times in the- Exactly. Yeah. It, um, it, it felt like it was coming tonight, but there are so many great things around like, when D'Angelo was on TV, I was like, oh yeah, something good actually happened this year. Right. I, I, I am a f huge fan of the D'Lo trade. I know not everybody agrees, but mm. people are, automatically shitting on this and saying oh of course the wolves win in a year where nobody wants the number one pick and i'm like no no no. 
our asset could have gotten worse and it actually got better. This is huge. This never happens for us. Yeah. yeah I, I think it was great that D'Lo was the rep. Um, yes. Def, I'm also a fan of the D'Lo trade for you know, a handful of, handful of reasons, both, you know, uh, practical and personal. Um, yeah, it's just really exciting. And I think we'll get, we'll get into what the Wolves can do with this pick, whether they keep it, whether they trade down, whether they try and flip it for a vet, but just in, you know, prepping for another uh, piece I'm working on for Wolf Mug Wolves, like this was the 22nd time we've been in the lottery oh and including the 2015 lottery and including winning tonight, we still technically, this was in the group chat too. We technically haven't moved up because with the new weighted, oh, right. <laughs> we have this, we had the same odds, odds as the Warriors and the Cavs, but we didn't have, we didn't have the worst record and we got the number one pick. So I think you can count it, but just what like lotteries do you remember where you may have been watching yeah. and like you felt the hope and that it was going to happen and then it just didn't. And like, how much better does that make, you know, tonight oh, feel as an experience? I'm so glad you asked because I was actually recounting this and I believe in the most sports superstition around the choices we make. Right. Not like, ah, uh, if I don't stay, if I don't sit in the couch right here, then we're going to lose. But like, no, I have an effect on this. And this is how I affected tonight. I was talking to a buddy of mine about the wolves and he was like, do you think we're moving up or down? And somehow we got talking about the year 2010. And I said, Oh, this is really funny. This is the 10 year anniversary of a curse that I put on the wolves. Because if you think back to 2010, that's the, John Wall, Evan Turner, um, maybe Derek Favors. And then De we... De DeMarcus Cousins was in there too. He goes right? five. He goes yeah, to pick goes after okay, us. We yeah, take Wes. Right. But yeah, that that's the draft. Mm -hmm. That year, I was like certain we were going to draft number two and take Evan Turner. And I was talking about it with such certainty that a buddy of mine stopped me on lottery night. And he goes, you know, you're actually more likely to move down from two than to pick two, right? You tempted it, man. <laughs> and, <laughs> you tempted that shit. And it's one of those moments in life where you're like, I'm smart enough to know how this works, but I, I wasn't thinking about it clearly. And the minute he said that, my heart dropped. And I was like, well, clearly we're not drafting Evan Turner. And we didn't, not that that would have helped. But when I realized this was the 10-year anniversary of that, I was like, oh, finally, curse broken. I paid my 10 years of penance. Now I can have nice things again. You can have nice things. Um, not that this matters right now, but you're just mentioning Evan Turner. Is Evan Turner technically on the Wolves? Oh, that's incredible. I host a Wolves Carrie. podcast. I write for a Timberwolves site, and I don't know if Evan Turner is on the Wolves. That doesn't say a lot about me. Doesn't say a lot about Evan Turner's current team. No. I'm legitimately curious if Evan Turner is on the Wolves. Evan Turner is on the Wolves. I remember laughing because when there were videos of – uh, Timberwolves players working out together. Evan Turner was in the TBT bubble. <laughs> and I was like, how is this guy on TV right now and not that's, in Minnesota? But it took amazing. 10 years. It took 10 years. We finally got Evan Turner on the team and the lottery gods were like, we can smile on you again right. for Kyle's transgression. Mm -hmm. How about you? What's your, what's your lottery memory? Well, I know you have like an 09 <laughs> or like a 2013. Yeah. Well, the first you got to talk about 1989. I was yeah. a year and a half. Um, 
I don't, I don't have memories of that lottery. The, the one that sticks out the most to me, and this is a bit of a unique situation, and the Timberwolves weren't that bad, but in 2007, mm. we were a few years removed from the Western Conference Finals run. KG was still on the team. I was a freshman at Oregon State University in a room with a bunch of Trailblazers fans and Sonics fans. And I was making this rant that the Timberwolves never get to move up in the lottery. <laughs> they deserve to win this lottery. If they get top two, KG is going to stay in Minnesota. And I think that's also accurate. So all I wanted was, you know, you know, I, I wanted it's all I wanted was Odin or Durant, which is a lot to ask for, but I just wanted to move up. Yeah. We get announced at seven, which was where we were slotted. I threw my keys and I was like close to the wall. So like I hit this like old ass radiator and put a dent in it and made a super loud noise. And this is in, this is spring. So people know me well enough at this point, but the dudes who just sort of like watered in like, Oh, NBA draft lottery, like cool. And there's like, Holy shit. Why is this guy so mad that the Timberwolves are picking seventh? Like, and then they announce Seattle, like it's go to the top three. Seattle gets number two, which means Portland gets number one. So while I'm coming to grips with like the imminent certainty that KG, my childhood hero, is going to leave, everyone around me gets the best basketball news they've had in like six or seven years. And I was so fucking mad. I literally just stormed out of the room. Was not a good sport at all about it. <laughs> to talk yeah. shit. I now feel bad that Greg Odin's career was filled with so much injury because some of my best friends from that day who I'm still in touch with still uh, will like jokingly accuse me of willing that to happen to Greg Odin because I was jealous of their happiness which is not the case I'm not thinking or anything right now everything affects everything and you know that <laughs> I do know that um, but uh, yeah so that was just like and obviously getting number two in that lottery would be better than even, even winning the 15 lottery or winning the lottery tonight that we you know 99.999 percent but still like there is so many lotteries like that where just the end of it was just dire anger and sadness well because <laughs> you end up you end up with Corey brewer and his winning smile <laughs> and how many <laughs> draft picks are we going to be talking yeah. about their smile Oh man, that was that was a rough run. Can I go back to 2010 for another funny reason though? I, yes, absolutely. I ge genuinely, I used to joke. So 2010 is the year I graduated from Marquette. Golden Eagles. Go ahead, get your wings up. Go ahead, um, get your wings up, baby. I used to joke, look out for the Timberwolves in 2020 because I was so sure we would be good before then. If I had known, we had a decade of being what I would consider literally the worst franchise in the NBA. I mean, maybe the Kings have a stake to that, but I would put our misery up against anybody. Mm -hmm. I could not have realized how bad things were going to get. And at that point, your best player is Al Jefferson, maybe. <laughs> like Ricky is not even on the team yet. He's just a dream and a wish in another country. Right. Like, Averaging we like had... five points a game and like four assists too. <laughs> that was the worst part because we were hoping Ricky was going to come and then someone would be like, yeah, he played six minutes, shot 0 for 4 and dropped two dimes. Oh, man. It, and it wasn't we fun. were just, we were, but we, we had so much hope then. And now, 
like you said it one of the most fun things in sports is when your team is buzzing for the right reasons and because we don't get a lot of winners around here it's just nice when the timberwolves like we are the team that gets cut they take 13 teams from the west and we are team 14. it's just so fun to have people were texting me congratulations tonight i'm like my phone, nothing. <laughs> my phone hasn't stopped buzzing and like i've accomplished nothing yeah, like exactly. Like my aunt, who I haven't talked to since the beginning of the pandemic, was like, what are the wolves going to do with this? My mom, shout out, uh, shout out, creasing him. My mom texted me and said, lottery, huh? <laughs> I was like, what a, I, I can what hear, a I can hear the exact tone yeah. and volume of your mom saying that. That's fantastic. It was wonderful. Everybody's excited, Terry. So now what do you want to see the Wolves do with this pick? That's because I have no idea. We, we both have no idea. And sort of what I'm working on right now, the, the written piece that will probably not get finished tonight, but maybe let's, uh, let's hope. Um, we're recording this, you know, just an hour-ish after um, all the good news dropped. And really the sort of synopsis of that is don't tell me this draft class is weak. Yeah. One, I've already heard that, so I don't care. You're not giving me anything new. Also, while I understand it's not a Zion year, the likelihood of a blue chip prospect like Zion or John Morant, um, or you know, you can go back to 2015, we won at Carl Anthony Towns, very unlikely to happen. But one of my biggest pet peeves in sports is where we say these matter-of-fact sentences like this draft class sucks when none of these guys have played a game. This was, you know, kind of like the 2013 draft where, you know, Giannis goes 15, is the MVP. Not that everyone in that draft was a winner, but there's also CJ McCollum. Um, Contavious Caldwell-Pope is, you know, just immediately comes to mind because that's a guy I wanted the, the Timberwolves to get in that draft who's been a role player on, you know, good teams. And there's just, you know, it just sort of has the feel of a draft where a future MVP candidate is going to get drafted in the second round. And having draft capital is always essential and helpful it's never a bad thing to have the number one pick whether you use it for a trade or not so i don't know what i want what i'm very excited about is i don't know what i want so it's not like i'm all in on anthony edwards and then they're going to draft Lamelo ball and i'm going to be fucking furious like a like a jets fan during any one of the nfl drafts of the 1990s like i'm just going to be it's really just, all right, Rosas has the most valuable chip in the draft and we're going to see what he does with it. And that's just exciting. Yep. And there's, there's two parts I love there. One, I, I'm all in on Rosas, you know, that like, so, so I think, and I think that's the general feeling in, in Wolves land, right? Like we, Mm -hmm. we crybabies are here for Rosas and I trust the process. (laughs) Exactly. I was hoping you'd get there. Um, (laughs) I really think that his response of he was like, you know, a lot of people compare this draft to 2013, but the MVP got picked there. We got to go to work. I'm like, yeah. exactly. Let's scout and let's pick the best player. And mm-hmm. doesn't hurt that we have pick 17 as well. That's capital. Pick 33 um, mm-hmm. in the second round. That's valuable. I want to see if he can do anything to move into the draft next year. But I also just like. I want this team to be more exciting. I want us to have more NBA caliber players. I like that he works around the edges and finds these fringe pieces, but here's a chance. He doesn't have to do that. He can add a blue chip talent. He might not add a generational talent, 
but you can't tell me that a guy like Devin Vassell or Isaac Okoro aren't going to like one of those guys is going to hit and be a really nice NBA player. Mm. We get our pick of who we want. And that is beautiful because so often we are getting Kevin Love or OJ Mayo after the consensus one, two have gone. So this is a really great year for us to as fans too, because like, (laughs) I love that there's, I would prefer there was a Zion at the top of the draft. For sure. But in a year where I'm not getting as much sports as I want, man, I'm going to love reading every article on every one of these prospects and all the traded possibilities. It's going to be great. Right. And this draft class would, it, it's a, it, it is weird because of the circumstances. We didn't get a March Madness. We didn't get a full right. college That's basketball hard. season. Um, it is at the middle of a pandemic. It would have been a weird sort of mysterious draft class anyway. But something you said in our uh, best friend group chat, when you keep saying best friend and i want to say a group of guys that i know a a group of guys yeah your your best friends and also me um i think this was either opening day of the twins or close to it where you said something along the lines of listen there's a lot of asterisk talk on sports this year where if the twins or the vikings win a championship it's not going to count let's just all agree we're going to have none of that shit none of it and if None draft of it is, is true, too, because it's like people are like, oh, yeah, you won it in this draft. It's like, you know, the beggars can't be choosers, you know, like, what are we going to not cheer for the Vikings to win the Super Bowl this year? Because there's a quarter of the same amount of fans in the stadium. And that somehow means it's not valuable. I think it's harder to pull off a Super Bowl this year. This isn't a football podcast, but it is. We can get into that on crying Viking spin off to this shit. But it's a good thing the Wolves have the number one pick. There is going to be top shelf talent somewhere in this draft. Having the first, uh, having the shot at launching the first missile is always a good thing. And we trust Rosas and it's going to be exciting. Look, it's going to be exciting. You know, next, I don't know when the, is the draft in October? For sure. I, I, be, I believe I'm, I'm just taking a shot. It's like October 15th. It's something like that, but they just talked about it moving. Um, I think they moved it honestly because they, it was like a, the night uh, the Chiefs were on Thursday night football, <laughs> and I think Welcome. they were like, "Let's just let's just do it on Friday." Clyde Edwards Hilaire, <laughs> don't care. Let's, let's do hey, it. To, let's do it tonight. I'm ready. We, that's. I just said the same thing. I called my brother. I was like, "Hey, let's get this draft cracking tomorrow. My boys are ready to go." Sure. Are you? Are you? If you had to say right now, and I understand. You got a lot of you got a lot of writing to do. You got a lot of researching to do. Gun to your head today. Are you taking a trade with the first pick if you can swing it, or are you taking a prospect? Thinking about our roster I, construction and where we're trying to go. I think gun to my head is trading down, but I'm not sure Ooh. how far. Um, I like you. You mentioned Vassal, who I really like. I like Okwangu. Um, there's just a lot of guys I like. So if it's gun to my yeah, head, yeah. I'm assuming we can get more picks to move down, you know, four or five slots and get someone that Rosa still likes. I was going to ask you gun to your head, no trades. You have to pick someone in the first pool. Who would you go with? And I think that's what I was preparing to answer when you were first posing your question Tonight, my answer is Anthony Edwards. Ah, I too. do, I do like Lamelo Ball. Um, in in ways there are, I have a lot of concerns with Lamelo Ball. 
one of not one of them is having LeVar ball at target center whenever fans are welcome back. Yes, I that is actually awesome. the biggest upside. Yeah. Just think, think about the book of Timberwolves basketball and there being a LeVar ball chapter in yes. that book. I'm excited as hell about that idea, but you know, I love debauchery and fun things and yeah, because kind of thing. if your team's going to be terrible for the year, Yes, you want them to sign Lance Stevenson because if we're if we're not going to win, let's have fun. I would love Lamar at Target Center. That would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Give me the content for sure. Um, but also, I think Lamelo does is just overflowing with upside. And yeah. I haven't watched him enough to be honest. I listened to uh, Dane Moore's deep dive uh, episode on his great podcast about Lamelo Ball, and I think after That's listening fun. to that, I was out on him but not by a lot so like like we said earlier if rosas chooses to draft Lamelo, i'm going to trust it um it's going to be exciting i also like a lot of what i see out of anthony edwards i think edwards might be a more natural fit playing next to delo or you know playing the two guard spot um it'll be interesting to see though with uh if malik beasley and juancho are both back I don't think that'll have much of an influence, but it is, you know, I'm just trying to imagine the whole roster construction of the team and how whoever this player or players are uh, fit into that. So I guess if sending that question to you, if you had to take a player with the first pick, right. couldn't trade it, who are you thinking? So I, I, I'll answer, but I do want to say I'm really interested in the trade aspect. I, the, the simple name, the easy name people are going to go to, is Devin Booker. I don't think that's likely because of what the Suns just did. I was already on the sign me up if you can get Devin Booker, get him. But I I never thought it was very likely. I think with what the Suns just did and the momentum they have to build off of, it's a virtual impossibility. But I would pursue a trade first because I think the thing we need most is NBA talent. And I think there's a chance you could get NBA players and potentially some assets but you're saying i don't have that choice nobody wants to come to the one so i would probably pick anthony edwards today i think he's a hooper i like that he has an nba body and i think he fills a need on the wing that we have my concern with Lamelo, who might actually be a better prospect you don't you don't pass on the best player in the draft because what you already have on your team right. unless that player is cat maybe right but for me, I don't think Lamelo is a great fit with, with D'Angelo. I've heard people argue the other side. I, I don't see it. I think there's some redundancy there. And I worry that any player we draft just has a higher chance of busting. We've seen it too many times. We've taken good prospects and turned their careers into a worst-case scenario. 2010 Lazar Hayward. Anyways, I think there are a lot of um, – I think there's a lot of things that – we see an Anthony Edwards game that the Wolves need. And I get worried about the Wiggins comps too, but we just saw Wiggins. I, yeah. I think some of those are unfair because I, I know there's people are saying Edwards isn't as engaged as a defender, which I think is fair. And I'm not a college basketball scout, but if you just sort of watch the way they play, like people were concerned about Wiggins intensity during games. And the way I see Edwards attacking the basket, it's not the same thing. It's right. Just, it's such a lazy comparison. 
And, and I think one of the main pieces of um, kind of support Wiggins doesn't get from the national media at any time is he got drafted into, again, what I would call the worst franchise in the NBA at one of the worst times. He has a coach for a year, <laughs> said coach dies. Like a lot of bad things happened in Wiggins' career that probably amplified his, you know, if it's lack of mode or whatever, it allowed for that to happen. I think Edwards would be coming into a much, at least a much better structure. Who knows about coaching and all that? I think the book is still out on Ryan, but I genuinely believe you take the swing at wherever you think the most upside is and alpha scorer in the NBA. If that's what Edwards projects that he could be. And I don't know if that's, you know, top 5% of his ceiling, but you got to always take those swings when you get a chance. He fits positionally. Um, he has an NBA ready body. It sounds like I think that's where you pull the trigger. I wouldn't be mad at LaMelo. I would be mad at Wiseman. I think I'm always interested in the guys that their names were big at one point. You know what I mean? Like at one point we thought that was the number one pick. I'm always interested in those guys. A few months later, you're Michael Porter Jr. So look what he's doing in the bubble. But I really, when we trade back, I get interested in, I don't know enough about Killian Hayes. I get interested in some of those names that come up. Okoro is a guy I love. I love Vassal. And talk to me about Obi Toppin. You know what I, I don't know. I'm, I'm here for all of it, Terry. He was, he was my all, guy originally. Um, yes. And I've, I've seen Toppin run the floor and just finish with some explosive dunks. Like a deer. A lot of, a lot of offensive firepower. From what I've read, very little defense. So he fits in already. We're going to win games 140 to 135, and it's going to be a lot of fun. But that's, a, that's another take from the Dane Moore pod, which, I mean, prior to Crying Wolf, Dane Moore, my favorite NBA it's talker. Still, it's still Dane Moore. Don't, don't, don't get crazy here, Kyle. <laughs> well, I'll just say he does a phenomenal job. And one of the things I heard him say like a year ago that I've never been able to get out of my head is he was like, name me the 23-year-old in the NBA who's a star that plays defense like they're just no one in the like the cat class is really that guy it's just not a part of the league right now we'll see maybe the next class will be you know shit all over that but I think I'm less worried about that side of the ball because of the composition of our team adding in one plus defender isn't going to remake us as a defensive team right it's not going to make us the bad boy pistons right (laughs) I am I am in Um, favor of that I love it. Um, so I'd say what other, we talked about Booker as a virtual impossibility. I think even going into the bubble, it was going to be hard whether right. or not Booker wants to play here. He has very little leverage with his current contract. The Suns look more promising than the Timberwolves do right now. Um, so taking Booker out of it, what other veterans come to mind as potential targets that, could involve a deal with the number one pick see this is tough because i am a father i'm a husband i'm soon to be a father again i really like my job does that make you a father again when you have a second kid that's a great question i second kid is what i'm saying i have other things on my mind you're gonna get even less sleep is what you're saying yes but i would be embarrassed if people knew how much time i been thinking about this exact question because I genuinely don't know but 
you know, I'll throw a name out there. I don't think this necessarily would be accurate value, but like I see somebody like Karis LeBert doing what he's doing. And what I've been thinking in my head is, could we get him for the number three pick? Does he fit? And that's where I'm excited. Again, I don't think CJ McCollum is the perfect fit to put onto this team either. But I'm like, what's that tier of star that we could crack into offering the number one overall pick? Could we get any number of these sort of young upcoming, I'll throw a name at you. If the Nuggets were open to dealing Jamal Murray, is he worth it? Donovan Mitchell, I think is probably just a cut above that. But all these cats I'm watching in the bubble, I'm just like, I don't know. I don't set the value for these guys. Some team would be willing to jump on the number one pick. I just don't know who it is. I think Beal is a pretty obvious choice. I don't know. What do you think? I wanted Jamal Murray so fucking badly in the 2016 draft. This isn't, this isn't a lottery memory, but that was when I had just finished my first semester of grad school and our good friend, Andy Sonneson was on his, you know, self uh, imposed birthright trip in Norway. And then was going to gallivant all around Europe afterwards. And I had just finished school. I had just left my job. So I was like, I'm going to come to Europe too. And basically just invited myself to meet up with Andy at some point. The cheapest flight I could get was Copenhagen. So on the night of the 2016 NBA draft, I was in a hostel bed in Copenhagen watching on an iPad that um, my, uh, my friend slash enemy and your enemy slash friend, JP Bertram, had set up in front of, on FaceTime, he'd set up his iPad in front of his TV and I watched the draft that way. Really wanted Murray. We drafted Chris Dunn, which, you know, went a different way. So do I want to trade this draft pick for Jamal Murray? That was a very needless roundabout way to just talk about Jamal Murray. But that's how my mind works when I'm excited. I think I would do it. Like, we're trying to figure out what type of value or how talented of a player we need to get to the next level. Right. And I think the number one, it's hard to do that with the number one pick in the draft because you don't think of Murray as that type of talent, but he could be exactly what this team needs. And that's what you're trying to find with draft picks. I th- and I think I'd prefer Murray to trading down and Vassal and whatever other pick we might get. Because Murray what? still has a bright future. Did he and Towns overlap at Kentucky? No, because I, I, because that's that next year. Yeah, that's that, that next, next year. Pick. Yes, exactly. But, okay. Um, it's funny. I just had this exact thought. Uh, I, I don't know, because I think anybody listening to this is going to say they're not trading Murray. They're not trading Murray. Like right. I get that. We don't know who those guys are that would be available. Mm-hmm. What I, I'm curious about this. I think I don't want to immediately turn people off, but what pick did Cleveland get? This year? Yeah, in the lottery tonight. Five. Okay, so I don't think I want to move from one to five, but would you go from one to five for uh, their pick this year? Obviously, one to five. Throw in a Colin Sexton or Darius Garland and see if you could get a top five protected pick next year or a top three protected pick next year. Like, I think there's just so much that could happen, and – if, if they said, we'll give you Darius Garland and five for one, well, I would pass. 
I know Rosas had a love for this kid last year. And it's just exciting, the possibilities, man. I'm, I just I have no idea what the value of this one is to non-lottery teams. I think the lottery teams, I think if you're Charlotte, you're like, what do I have to do to stop picking eighth? Right. And it's Golden State 2, who went 3? Chicago. Chicago. 4 was? Charlotte. Charlotte, okay. Yeah, Yeah, man. If Charlotte comes calling and they say, swap 1 for 4, we'll give you our 2021 top 3 protected, I think you have to take a long, long look at that. Yeah, I think so too. Because then, you know, we probably have three or four guys we like and you're trading down to a spot where you might not get the top one, but you get one that <clears throat> is likely pretty close in your, in your, uh, in your draft rating. So it's going to be interesting. I, like I said, I think that, so this would have been a hard class to predict anyway. And just with everything going on with the world, it's even harder and it's going to be fun. It's going to be, confusing it's going to be a a lot of you know hearsay a lot of uh, possibilities thrown out there so whether it might not be the best lottery to win to guarantee you a game-changing player certainly a great content generator and a conversation starter and you know we're still you know quarantined to some extent and we need we need the distraction we need the entertainment we need the love we need the positive wolves vibes in our life. And I think this was a big win tonight. And the only thing I need you to know that anybody should take away from tonight or any of the upcoming draft prep is Sadiq Bay at the 17 or I walk. Okay. That's awesome. <laughs> would, trade the one, trade the 33, before, trade them all. Before I was going to let you go, I was going to ask about the 17 and the 33. So Sadiq Bay at the 17, give me a couple minutes elaborating on Sadiq Bay. Oh, uh, I just I I love a Villanova player. Okay, I watching watching these cats every year in the Big East. They just are a role player factory. If you could get a Josh Hart right now, a Jalen Brunson, a Kale Bridges, once upon a time your boy Dante Cunningham, like they create solid NBA players with more high, high more of course. a Mike Mike Nardi guy but he didn't, <laughs> he didn't quite work out but uh hey won me a bracket you, or two back in the day you know I love uh Kyle Lowry and all black Kyles for that matter <laughs> okay because those guys they come out of Nova they're ready for the NBA Sadiq Bey only played two years there uh-huh. but he he has a great shot I think you know I think what we saw out of Eric Pascal last year, I think Sadiq Bey is a better prospect at that same kind of age. And I think Pascal was, well, depending on your view of him for Golden State last year, a player who would be valuable on the Wolves. So I'm all in on Sadiq Bey at the 17. I also like a lot of these guys who could fall. That's the thing. I think somebody we might see as the eighth overall prospect might go 21st because this feels like a super flat draft. It feels like anybody anybody in that late lottery range could be, you know, worth the 10 or the 20 in this. So Sadiq is my boy. I'm all in. Bay is my Bay. I want him at the 33. Who's the cat? Is it Azabuki out of Kansas? Lorenzo Azabuki. Yeah. You know what? 
go ahead and throw him on my bench. Okay. Give me just an absolute throwback center who doesn't have a place on this team. Go ahead and give me one of those. He's he can he plays bully ball down low, man. I actually really like Azubuke. Um I've texted our our Kansas fan friends, Joseph Jaffe. Um also my friend Joey Delicio, big Kansas fan, also the biggest Knicks fan I know. I texted him right when the lottery ended saying, <laughs> sorry, bro. Um, yeah, I like I like that. I like Azubuke from Kansas uh, with the 33 pick. I think uh, Devon Dotson from Kansas might be in play. Yeah. Um, I Cassius out of Michigan State. Cassius. I was going to mention Cassius just because he's, you know, he's undersized, but dude, is a, he's a smart player. He's a winner. There's going to be – there are going to be names at the 33 spot that we're going to recognize and be excited about Trey Jones. Uh, I don't know how good of a pro player he's going to be, but a lot of people in uh, Wolves land will be excited to, to see his name pop up around there. There's, there's uh, going to be players at that spot and it's going to be. I, interesting. I, I think so too. And I think it's worth noting that that 17 pick could be even more in, in play for a trade. And the name I really liked that somebody threw out there, uh, I we were thinking it'd probably be like the 15th pick, but a couple spots, like an Aaron Gordon type. And I know there's a lot of, there's a lot of chatter about why Gordon isn't the fit for the Wolves, but I'm just talking about somebody in sort of that second draft, somebody you come and you get who didn't pan out on their first team. That's exactly the kind of player I expect Rosas to be taking shots on again and again, as long as he is our GM here. So I'm very interested to see where we go with, because there's almost no chance we sign three rookies with his penchant for finding players on the fringes. We're going to have three rookies on the team. Two of them are not coming in the first round with another one at the very beginning of the second round. It's just not going to happen. Right. Um, since you're a big East guy, I just, I did my first big board research today. Ooh, um, let's go. <laughs> admittedly. What can you tell me about uh, DePaul, big man, Paul Reed? Paul Reed. So first off, DePaul is like the worst. They're the Timberwolves of the NCAA. Enough okay, said. Sign him up. He'll, he'll. <laughs> Paul Reed. Uh, I would call him a defense first guy. I think DePaul prospects are tough for me in that they are on such bad teams that they often pick up a lot of bad habits. And I think they get to showcase a lot of things. So there's like nothing Paul Reed couldn't do. Like in terms of their scheme, right? He was all over the place. So he was really involved. He's also your classic, I would say doing too much, but he, he can do almost anything you want on a basketball court. I would not be mad at him in the second round, right. but I mean, a few months ago, he was being talked about as like a late lottery pick. And I was like, oh. that guy? Yeah. Like, what? I think that's cool significantly. Right. He he got hurt at the end of the year, too. But he's he's a nice player. On, on Kevin O'Connor's big board, he's 33 exactly. So I started reading go. about him a bit. And just like you said, like one good defensive player, especially, you know, a second-round rookie is not going to fix things. But I'm just thinking about, you know, the culture of the team, adding – defensive first players who can contribute at some point um so i I did a little bit of reading about him and uh like i'll I'll have uh, i'll have my eyes on uh his name if we if we keep that pick and draft net rolls around and he's still on the board but let me go back to this like i would rather have in 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 my estimation a villanova player has played defense at a super high level as a part of a team concept 
And if he doesn't, he, he's off the court. A Paul Reed, who was by far the best player under Paul, is asked to do too much and is trying to do too much. I don't know if he's a great defender or if he's a great athlete for the collegiate game right, who yeah. is rangy and kind of asked to be the guy. So I, I worry about prospects like that fitting into our team where we don't have any defensive identity. I mean, I also said I love Isaac Okoro, so, you know, throw it all out. But I just – I think we need – we need a vet who is defensive-minded to teach a young, raw defensive. Like, that's that's what I'm hoping we do. So, not just Wancho and more Wancho. Right. And we do love Wancho. This is a Wancho-positive podcast. Pro, pro Wancho. For sure. All right, man. Well, we are a little bit past 10. We said we were going to wrap it up. Uh, anything else before we go on this joyous occasion? Pizzo. I love, I love that you're doing a pod. I think you're the right man for it. I Thank can't you. wait to listen to more. And anybody who doesn't like the Timberwolves and anybody who doesn't chew Big Red, fuck you. If you don't like the Timberwolves and you don't chew Big Red, then fuck you. Couldn't have said it better myself. We'll end it on that. Crybabies, we are the NBA Draft Lottery champions. Go celebrate. We're the NBA Draft Lottery champions. These events don't happen every day. You earned it. You deserve to be here. A lot, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. Tears, especially in this pod, um, were spent trying to get to this point. So enjoy it. We are we are the toast of the league. Uh, Maybe not anymore, depending on how good that Blazers-Lakers game is. I am not paying attention to it right now. I'll get right back to it. Uh, but a really a really fun night um, in the spotlight, and there'll be loads more draft content to come. Uh, Pizzo, thanks for making your debut on Crying Wolf. Thank you again for uh, helping me come up with the name Crying Wolf, and have a great night. Go Timberwolves. Absolutely. Cat is better than Jokic. Woo!